Welcome to this edition of the KAJ Masterclass. Today we have got Pranshu Sikka, CEO of the, the Pivotals. It's a stakeholder engagement firm and he's a former CNBC TV18 host and an ACE reporter. Welcome to the show, Pranshu Sikka. Welcome to this KAJ Masterclass special episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me over. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome once again. So let me get straight to the point, Pranshu. Uh, what exactly does stakeholder engagement mean? And, and uh, what exactly do you do? You know, what type of services that you offer? Uh, this is for the larger interest. And you can also speak in Hindi for a lot of audience who would like to, you know, listen to you in mother tongue, uh, our mother tongue. So wherever you are comfortable, the way you are comfortable, that's it. And for the for the audience, if there is a technical glitch or a problem with the electricity, you know, then we will certainly come back again. So just hang on in for, for a few moments if such is a, if there is such a case. So Pranchu, over to you. Sure. So uh, stakeholder engagement, actually, uh, we came up with this concept about uh, six odd years ago when we realized that the world is changing at a very rapid pace. And now it is becoming increasingly critical for all organizations to engage various stakeholders in the medium and form that they understand, you know. So the idea was that that earlier it was good enough for a large brand to reach certain audiences because the communication was one way. But uh, with the communication with becoming two way and now increasingly with uh, Internet uh, democratizing uh, the whole distribution piece in a big way. Uh, you and me, Ajay, we, we've both been journalists, so we realized that in, in journalism, in traditional journalism, the challenge has never been about content. The challenge has been about distribution, you know, right. and with Internet doing away with the challenge of distribution, they, it became increasingly difficult for organizations to cater to various audiences because now they were talking and consuming content that they wanted to talk and consume rather than the uh, conversation being one sided. So this is where we decided that for any brand, it will become increasingly significant to engage various stakeholders, whether it is consumers, whether it is internal employees, whether it is media, whether it is government or now, for example, whether it is world at large. You know, so we see a lot of content creators who have become commentators on subject matters where they may not be consuming that product, but because they have a thought process on that uh, a brand or product that, they, you know, they, they put out certain narratives about the company. So this is where st stakeholder engagement came in, where we became partners with some of the bigger players and in fact, some of startup startups and smaller players in, uh, in the country to be able to engage various stakeholders and speak to them in the language that they consume and understand rather than it being the other way around. This is very interesting. So can you elaborate on the different type of services which you give to them? Sure. So in, in, in terms of services, uh, we, uh, we provide stakeholder engagement to the set of stakeholders that you want to choose as a company. अगर मैं एक B2C मॉडल में हूं तो मेरे लिए कंज्यूमर भी उतना ही इंपॉर्टेंट है जितना मेरा डिस्ट्रीब्यूटर इंपॉर्टेंट है जितना शॉपकीपर इंपॉर्टेंट है और जितना शायद मीडिया इंपॉर्टेंट है सो नाउ आई गो एंड टेल दीस फर्म्स या फॉर दैट यू नो फॉर दैट मैटर जितना मेरे लिए मेरी लॉ फर्म इंपॉर्टेंट है हु वांट्स समटाइम्स टू अंडरस्टैंड दैट वी मे अंडरस्टैंड लीगल इंट्रिकेसीज ऑफ योर बिजनेस बट वी वांट टू लर्न मोर अबाउट हाउ टू पुट आउट दोस लीगल इंट्रिकेसीज टू द वर्ल्ड सो दैट आवर पॉइंट ऑफ व्यू इज क्लियरली कम्युनिकेटेड सो 
uh, we devise strategies depending on who wants to consume what. So for example, a B2C player now just doesn't want to put out an ad. He wants to put out an a GIF, you know, he wants to put out a cartoon strip. He wants to put out a, a short video, which is interactive with the customer. He wants to run a poll amongst, amongst the consumers. And the important part is that not only the content has become customized, but even the means of reaching to your stakeholder through the content has become customized, you know. Right. So earlier putting out a communication in a newspaper or a television channel may have been good enough. But now I have to worry about the localized Facebook groups who are commenting on the issue. You know, I have to worry about uh, the uh, customer database of my consumers who I have in term, in, in form of WhatsApp or, or uh, SMS, you know. And if I reach out to these consumers on Facebook, the same way that I was reaching out to them in a newspaper, they don't connect with me anymore, you know. So suddenly I find that it is more and more challenging for me to uh, to not only sustain and grow my uh, consumer base and my business, but also to just become relevant to my employees, you know. So, for example, a lot of brands hire us, especially the ones in, in tech technology space where attrition is relatively higher, you know, whether it is BPOs or, or tech firms. Where, tech, uh, where attrition is relatively higher, we run exclusive programs to solicit more and more interest of uh, prospective employees in the brand or the company, you know. So in which case we do not do, uh, do an exercise like, you know, like a traditional press release or a story, you know, then we, we look at exercises where we run campaigns with popular HR platforms, where we genuinely gather feedback about what the prospective employees are looking for and what is the kind of, uh, you know, opportunity or growth trajectory that they see for themselves. You know, we put out some some very, uh, uh, you know, interactive infographics or we run some polls to be able to attract those prospective employees. So all in all, our service offers a plethora of engagement opportunities for companies where the company determines who are the set of uh, stakeholders that they want to engage. Then they, uh, you know, then we mutually come up with an engagement strategy, of course, with, with approval from the company. And then we amplify that uh, engagement opportunity to get tangible results for the company or the brand. Okay. So let me ask you this way. Who is your customer actually? What type of company should approach you or an individual? Is that, uh, is that how it is? Sorry, Ajay, I didn't get you. Sorry. Yeah. So as, as I said, who is an ideal customer for you? What type of companies can approach you for business, for giving business or taking your services? Sure. So we are working with a large segment of companies, which is not focused on one key expertise area, you know, so unlike traditional companies who would say I ex my expertise is with construction or infrastructure or automobiles or technology, we cater to a wide spectrum of companies because my core competency of understanding a stakeholder as well as uh, delivering key communication messages to that stakeholder remains the same, you know. So my expertise is in being able to A, so, so, so let us divide it into three groups. One, we work with a large number of companies across professional genres, right from automobile to tech, you know, to, to uh, uh, say it consumer durables, etc. And implement these stakeholder engagement uh, uh, strategies for those clients. In terms of geographies, once again, there is no geographical constraint to who you want to engage in which market. 
Uh, thirdly, in terms of size, we work for a company which is which is bootstrapping uh, up to a company which is which is a conglomerate, uh, you know, dealing in different areas of expertise. So, in terms of professional expertise, in prof in terms of their size, and in terms of our capability to deliver across geographies and time zones, we pretty much have done it all in the last six years. Uh, as far as uh, defining a tangible uh, delivery pattern is concerned, we are internally divided into three main verticals, uh, just for the better understanding of the audiences here that what we do, you know, sometimes people say, that, you know, that's a lot of good strategy uh, and execution. Uh, but at the end of the day, what is it that you do? You know, that is something we struggle to explain even till now. So we are internally divided into three broad verticals for these stakeholder engagement activities. One vertical looks after branding and PR, where we do various engagements in media, uh, you know, on-ground activities, BTL activities, some marketing initiatives and campaigns uh, to to amplify as well as to position the brands and products in a certain way for companies. So that is public relations and branding. The second is digital marketing, which includes not only the digital marketing as we understand in the conventional sense of uh, word, which is, you know, driving traffic to website or increasing click-through rate or, or, you know, garnering more, more and more eyeballs and uh, views for the prospective consumers, but also undertaking co-branded content marketing opportunities with various media houses as well as influencers to be able to put out your brand in a more uh, focused way. And lastly, as we do, uh, we have a crisis management and public affairs uh, vertical, which looks after mitigating business as well as uh, reputation loss for, uh, you know, for corporates during time of a crisis, as well as to maintain ongoing functional relationships with various key opinion makers. So to be able to put across your point of view, whether it is in terms of white papers, you know, or on ground events where you want to educate more and more stakeholders who can be critical to your business functioning. That's a lot of activities. And, and if I put it this way, you are into public relations and branding, digital marketing, content marketing, marketing also to a certain extent. So that's a lot of activities. And if I look at it from a pure play PR perspective, you know, because you thought of it, I guess, six years back. And today the situation has come that demand from customers border on the areas that you have specified. So I would say you have been a visionary in that aspect because I also understand that the market is changing quite fast and the demand from clients or the demand of the present day is around the areas that you have specified. But being the CEO of a company like this who has seen PR from very close, having worked with one of the top companies. Let me ask you, as a CEO of a firm who's looking at the market very, very closely, is traditional PR at a crossroads? Well, that's a very interesting uh, question. You know, you, you've uh, you, you've witnessed the growth of the sector as a whole in the direction in which PR and marketing has moved, which is perhaps, uh, you know, why, why you, you bring that insight onto the table. So yes, yes and no, I would say, uh, you see, the market has evolved in a very, very interesting way over the last, uh, especially during the last half a decade. I would say over the decade, but last half a decade, like I said, internet has been a game changer. Uh, the growth of influencers as an organized stream of business has been a game changer. So 
to answer the first part of the question, yes, uh, somewhere our need to evolve and diversify into different professional verticals was forced by evolving market need. You know, so now more and more players started evaluating PR not only in terms of brand output but in terms of business output. You know, they started. Uh, anticipating as well as apprehending that traditional PR players are getting left behind in the race for marketing. And, uh, you know, you know it better than I do. Uh, in in uh, in PR, although the expectations of most of the brands is result-oriented in terms of business, but the budgets are not marketing-oriented. You know, when you discuss budgets, then they say marketing is a different vertical. I guess that's a lot in a lot of industries also. But yes, PR, it's very, very uh, apparent. Yes. So increasingly now the brands have started focusing on marrying this PR with the marketing bit and to be able to see tangible results so that they can, you know, justify as well as, uh, you know, as well as make sense of the spends that were being earmarked. Point number one. Point number two would be that even for marketing and PR people, the industry is evolving at a pace that sometimes they find themselves, you know, they find it challenging to keep keep pace with, you know. So, for example, without naming the clients, a lot of our clients who work with us in content marketing and digital marketing uh, space have shifted goalposts of how to define results in the last, uh, you know, two years after every one quarter, you know. So, so say about three, four years ago, if they were asking us, who is the kind of influencer you are, you can get on board or, you know, who's the, who's the macro influencer you are, you can get on board. The conversation has drastically changed to, who is the micro influencer you can get me and please justify the time spent by the viewer on that particular video and not only the size of the name, you know, who's doing the video. Uh, right. Similarly, if it was about, uh, you know, say about uh, uh, when we started, uh, you know, when the industry started picking this uh, trend, say about three, four years ago, a lot of conversations about page views would happen. You know, how many page views is an article garnering, you know? Now nobody's talking about that. You know, now, now the client wants to see if we can conceptualize a CTR campaign and how many customers can we solicit on a, say, a micro website, which, which can, you know, suffice the needs of the brand. So I'm saying even for, for the internal uh, PR and marketing, uh, uh, you know, uh, management people, it has become a challenging and evolving scenario, which they are trying to keep pace with, which, which makes us not only duty bound, but honestly compelled to be able to keep a pace uh, with with the growth and and you know the explosion of this market, so uh, th that is where diversifying into different domains has come in uh, come into the picture. Now, as far as coming to crossroads with PR is concerned, I think uh, rather than coming to crossroads, it's more amalgamation of marketing into PR. I would say that now uh, marketing is being viewed upon as an as a natural extension of PR function rather than just a pure play brand and uh, you know positioning exercise, which in a way for me is is a, is a good uh, good development because that for me inherently would increase the average ticket spend on a PR slash marketing campaign, which I think augurs well for the industry as a whole. Now, how many players are 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 able to cope up with this transition? ingrain this transition in the in their in their own employees as well as put out this communication co campaign remains to be seen okay so let me uh, let me take with you the composition of a traditional pr firm and the firm that you have set in and the type of 
you have worked in a pr setup you know how a pr firm is and the composition that they have but your composition is vastly different than a traditional pr firm whether it's small or bigger can you explain the composition the type of people that you have you know in your firm and and just see the way it has it has changed because a pr firm a traditional pr firm will is totally different and like digital will be missing but you do a lot of digital work even content marketing there is not much of content happening in pr firms they may have some have started they have internal newsrooms that they have set up but that's the way so can you tell us the type of you know uh, the modern uh, setup that you have set up for your type of clients the services how 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 have you planned that well again i think uh, one is that we got lucky so when we initially uh, onboarded actually, actually i would say that it's a, it was a visionary step because that's the way the world is moving it's like uh, you know somebody predicting the subprime crisis <laughs> no i think i think you give far more credit to me than i deserve so i would say that when we were initially uh, conceptualizing this exercise and onboarding certain people <clears throat> a lot of traditional excuse me yeah <clears throat> sorry about that i think a lot of us not are not used to writing and speaking a lot these days you know we it's are fine, not it's fine. used to whatsapp right. it's, it's a medium which gives us a lot of uh, you know bandwidth to be ourselves and sure. that's the good part of this whole thing sure so when we were onboarding uh, uh, some of the professionals from some verticals a lot of traditional uh, colleagues of ours were surprised that what is the kind of utility that these people will find in the in the pr setup you know so without naming the brand one of my colleagues is is an ex uh, stakeholder engagement uh, employee from a very large agricultural company where uh, her key role was to engage farmers at ground level and make them see innovations in a certain you know uh, agri company you know which was coming up with certain innovations in india one of our ex colleagues who now Uh, i mean uh, would would barely now after having spent 5 years with us wouldn't even be 25 was was a content curator who came up with interesting content uh, engagement techniques he you know doodles and and uh, comic strips you know so we have an interesting mix of uh, colleagues on board for us who bring a lot of expertise that comes not only from traditional pr but in being able to understand communication narrative as a whole you know they understand that it is important to engage the entire spectrum of your stakeholders rather than just say address a media you know or to be able to you know draft content in a certain way so whereas these uh these colleagues of ours you know for the want of any other better word were were more fringe players till say about 2 3 years ago now they have become mainstay of the agency because they help us and then one very interesting point you make ajay about content uh interestingly uh, sometimes we find that though content marketing campaigns have become commonplace even the organizations who are undertaking the content marketing campaign do not have the in house ability to curate that content so yes 
because of their expertise or because of their size, they, their amplification is beyond out, outstanding, you know, but they find it challenging to keep up pace with the content curation abilities, even after the scale they have achieved, because the market, like I said, is evolving, you know, it is a very peculiar stage of growth where everyone wants to consume a lot, but the people who are actually being able to connect with what needs to be consumed and not only ideate it, but execute it in terms of consumable content, the pool is still very small, you know. So uh, having our own in-house resources who, who, who qualify and who specialize in this new age content, especially, you know, so of course, writing, writing press releases and doing videos is something which is, which has, which a lot of agencies have done over the past few years, but we have in-house resources who specializes in doodles, in, in GIFs, in animated infographics and in cartoon strips, you know, in, in being able to drive LinkedIn campaigns to make your brand visible in, in being able to drive campaigns on HR portals to increase prospective employment of your brand. So to be able to conceptualize and execute that specialized content along with uh, you know the, the good fortune of having colleagues who understand different domains of marketing and whose expertise is not limited to media engagement is is what has really given us you know what we think is is a little bit of edge over other traditional agencies in the market so where is the traditional media here means in terms of print publications uh, how much is your percentage of engagement with them for your clients. Traditionally, it was quite more. Every client would uh, expect you to come out with something which they would love to see perhaps every morning uh, in some big newspaper or some television channel. What is the percentage that you see in terms of uh, engagement with traditional media for your clients and engagement or on different uh, you know, platforms at the moment? Because that's the that will show us shift that has happened or that is happening right now. Sure. So you know, being being a part of of world's largest democracy, I always read into trends through what is happening in our democratic circles. You know, and uh, interestingly, about uh, about six months ago, uh, or maybe less, in a written reply to Rajya Sabha. Uh, uh, the government uh, uh, informed that the spends on traditional advertising have come down to about 30%. I do not remember the statistics offhand, but if they were earlier spending, say, say if I remember right about, uh, uh, you know, uh, X amount on traditional newspapers for releasing government ads, that has come down to 30% of it. So that to me is a very big reflection of the societal shift that has happened because Absolutely. of the way because of the way people are consuming information. I would say, uh, well, again, see, this is a difficult question because, uh, you know, the veteran journalists like yourself uh, play us into answering questions which later uh, which later seem baseless. <laughs> so I wouldn't stick my neck out yet and say that, that print, uh, print has, uh, so to say that not, it doesn't excite people anymore to be on a newspaper because print will always have its place under the sun. You know, we all know, we have seen that transition, Ajay, that when television news came into our lives, people sounded death bells for uh, newspapers and print magazines, but, but that hasn't happened yet. And it's not going to happen. So traditional media 
uh, whether it is newspapers or news channels will have a place under the sun well one can debate about about you know the current context uh, of of the kind of uh, reportage that is happening but that's a separate discussion and debate you know yeah. uh, but they will continue to find their own place under the sun yes in terms of in terms of being able to monetize themselves i think traditional media houses will have to do more than just become content marketing partners i don't know what that more is honestly but i think which is which is to some extent to me as as a citizen of the country a little worrisome that the route that most of the media houses have taken is become the content marketing partners you know put out a small disclaimer you know or or put out a small word here or there and show that they you know this content is paid for and it is not editorial content however that i think in itself is not sufficient to to just wither the the, the sheer velocity and the sheer size with which this momentum change of of you know internet is coming on to us so they will have to find more innovative ways to keep themselves relevant as well as uh, you know become uh, one more thing uh, which i would like to point out is that yeah, sure. media houses uh, at least some of them need not become a mirror of the societal change that we are becoming you know so 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 as a society we have you know because because of the the stage that our country is in a lot of commercialization is happening and a lot of things are being defined by the barometer of a commercial uh, equity you know so if 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 my size is 100 that means i am well off and if my size is 10 it means i am not well off i think traditional media houses must revisit uh, their association or their growth as directly proportional to commercial and make sure that traditional media keeps its place under the sun so one is they find their place under the sun but on the other hand they will they will be forced to introspect to keep their place under the sun so that they do not become uh, you know every conversation about traditional media does not become a part of a commercial discussion like everything else uh, else is happening yeah i i get your point and there are so many you know points to that but the whole idea was ask, of asking about the percentage is that if the government ads or the government spend on traditional media has reduced a company or a conglomerate or every individual thinks very differently uh, they may not have to uh, you know that uh, traditional what you call uh, responsibility to give ads to the media on, on so many things they would just go by the return on investment that they are getting and if they are getting return on investment uh on other forms of media online media you know digital media whatever way you want to say because you talked about gif you talked about doodles you see the way the companies are moving to, uh, towards all these things to put forward you know uh, details about their product about their services now that is a big area you know that is opened up and it's also an opportunity for uh, not only a firm like yours but a lot of companies which are still you know trying to see how this transition is happening and thinking how to actually embrace this transition for example my question was uh, to be like if you look at a job seeker in a pr company today your ideal job seeker you know coming to you and a job seeker in a traditional pr firm would be a bit different you would certainly so what would be your advice to people who are looking for you know or preparing 
to be you know traditional pr professionals or simply pr professionals what is your advice because you have seen the traditional pr as well as the crisis communication you are one of the top experts in crisis communications so how, you have seen that now what is it that a job seeker should have or learn in the present day to be relevant for several years to come even for entry they may have to have uh, something more than what they used to have earlier on again i would uh, you know also just uh, ponder for a few seconds on the earlier point you made about how organizations now uh, you know are not obliged to give uh, advertisements to traditional yeah, media absolutely. i think not only not only do us as prospective employees or or you know uh, those who who are looking at pr opportunities need to understand this but i think this this needs to be understood even by some of the established media houses that now uh, see see two things have happened like we discussed in the first part of our conversation pr is being increasingly linked to tangible marketing results one two now the marketer is no longer obliged because there is no, no monopoly of of a traditional player you know so therefore they are not obliged in any way to to amplify their presence through you because there are so many amplification uh, uh, ways available out there in the market so if both if we marry both of them then it's also an interesting time for the traditional media house you know they they yes. must also appreciate and understand that now no marketer is you know obliged yes you know th there is a mutual need but uh, the market has opened up coming to the latter part of the conversation i think more and more pr professionals need to see and look at pr in a more holistic manner rather than just traditional pr media engagement uh, i think the need uh, and and back from the days uh, when when we were uh, you know uh, we were called cub reporters you know who who had just entered uh, reporting market uh, we were told that it is increasingly important for you to be aware of a lot many things that are happening around us you know and that mantra really hasn't changed i think whereas more and more people are focusing on a niche to be able to build their brand because they they use that expertise of the you know that niche knowledge to then become a brand or a representative of that knowledge however pr professionals must continue to understand a lot of things in their totality to to have an overview of what is happening around them not only from pr media engagement point of view but how is communication need evolving for companies you know and to be able to have the audacity and there there is no better word for it because it is it is it requires a lot of audacity to learn things that you are not traditionally used to learning but it would need a lot of audacity to actually go out there in the market and understand what that sales person who's running on the road was doing to be able to understand what that marketing professional who was sitting in the boardroom and designing a marketing uh, uh, ppt was doing and to be able to do your own good job which is pr you know so yeah. you you cannot afford to to forget what your bread and butter is but you need to go out there and understand what a sales person is doing what a marketing person is doing what a public affairs person is doing and then marry all those learnings into putting out a mindset that now a company is expecting of a pr professional because now pr has become stakeholder it is no more media engagement absolutely i think you have uh, very nicely put it so 
what are your demands like the demands of clients nowadays mostly and, and your challenges that you are facing nowadays even if you have you know up upgraded yourself to the present level and you saw it several years before and you i guess must be one of the front runners who are so aptly placed who are so nicely placed to take up assignments that the present is you know asking for uh, at the moment so how do you see that and what how, what are your clients demanding and still even if you are so much prepared what are the challenges that you face well i think uh, uh, challenge is always always uh, you know the reflection of what is happening like i said in the societal realm around you so the market is evolving the some of the challenges we face is that one uh, this uh, you know this we briefly discussed about how marketing and pr you know are are increasingly uh, kind of merging into each other which means the the expectations are becoming increasingly uh, the pr expectations are increasingly symbolic of what a marketing person would expect and vice versa uh, that is one b is that uh, communication itself is evolving and is it a, is at a very interesting stage you know so therefore for us to be able to keep pace of that ongoing uh, you know evolution is is another challenge which is sometimes difficult to explain uh, you know especially to uh, to uh, uh, to some of the bigger brands who are used to look, looking at pr in a certain way uh, one big challenge i think that we also face and one aspect we haven't touched upon is that even uh, pu public opinion or 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 the perception of opinion makers has evolved drastically in the last decade of or, or so especially with, with you know with the entire uh, political narrative uh, in the country right now so uh, one part that we haven't discussed which is our third vertical which is uh, you know public affairs and and maintaining uh, relationships on behalf of companies i think some of the companies have not been able to keep pace with the evolving agenda of changing governments you know and oh, and it it is it is for all of us to see that india india is evolving at at a rapid pace not only state wise but even you know uh, what what's been happening at the center over the last couple of decades uh, the mindset shift and the perception shift is very very strong unlike maybe two decades ago you know so uh, within a span of 5 years or within a within a span of a shift of a government the way you were doing things and the way you were being looked upon by relevant quarters is completely opposite of what was happening 5 years ago in the previous regime you know and that is true center wise that is true state wise so one challenge we are facing is that some of the bigger companies continue to look at engagement in the same way that they were doing couple of decades ago which is not the case now uh, you know, the world is a different place to live in than it was so, 10 years ago. So sorry to interrupt you, Pranchu. Can you explain this a bit more purely from a business perspective without making it a, a political discussion as such? Just purely from a business perspective. Means companies, the challenges, the outlook. Means do you want to say that there are several companies who are still looking at things from the old way of thinking or and that needs to be needs to change certainly yes so i think uh, the way india functions as a nation has changed in the last couple of decades you know and uh, sometimes when they engage professional services they say 
uh, we are very happy that we have digital presence and you know our SEO and SMO and our online reputation management is being taken care of. But I am still used to saying that if I if I do things in this manner, then this should be done irrespective of what you think as a professional. But those dynamics have changed. You know, uh, the way uh, you know the way the atmosphere or the ecosystem evolves along with a political shift has become very intriguing and interesting. You know, so there would be some policy thought process. You know, that would happen. With a, with a certain regime. And when the regime changes, then the functional aspect of it would by and large still continue. The narrative may change, you know. Yeah. However, that has changed in the last decade or so. So the entire ecosystem becomes reoriented and rewired when there is a political shift, which is right. something that, that some of the bigger and the, you know, the traditional mindset brands uh, still have not come to terms with. Well, it like I'm saying, a lot of them are evolving in the in in that direction. It is perhaps the nature of the market that we are living in a dynamic world. But from a, from a uh, opinion uh, making point of view, or uh, you know, engaging relationships of various stakeholders, that is one challenge that we still continue to face. Right, I get it. Obviously, if I talk, हम बात करते हैं regional PR की. Regional PR has withstood itself, the big PR firms, small PR firms, corporate clients also directly, directly deal and they, I think over the years, last couple of years, a lot of campaign in the traditional media is happening in the regional PR because that's the way regional PR cannot always be reached through the digital mediums. That's the traditional PR. So that has been intact at the moment. But uh, the times are changing and many of them are perhaps not prepared or prepared. They must be doing their own introspection. introspection. How do you see regional PR at this particular point in time? What is your, what is your level of experience with them? with your clients at the moment so that it gives an idea uh, how you have dealt and how, you know, what value they can still deliver. But is there something that they need to do? Uh, because requirements change. The newspaper industry is also growing. Regional media is also growing at a faster rate as the level of literacy grows up. You know, that's the way. So that's also a very positive part of it and regional media i understand will have a good role to play so usme single man firms bhi hain double bhi hain jyada bhi responsibility uthate sometimes they try to also portray or are bigger firms uh, who are not in national capital but they are big, big in their own right what is your say advice or suggestion or outlook for that sort of industry because you have used that regional PR to a lot of extent. Sure. I think first thing is that uh, last uh, uh, few years when PR and marketing are increasingly merging into each other, that uh, offhand to me has done a lot of good to regional markets because suddenly uh, bigger brands are seeing 
uh, a customer base in tier 2 markets tier 3 markets and they also realize the need to connect with this customer base with regional media because you know suddenly there is a mind, mindset shift uh, earlier you were looking at at media houses as a way of branding now you are looking at them also to give you the marketing impetus or the sales impetus that your team is looking for so right. it 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 has definitely done them a lot of good pehle agar aaj se 10 saal pehle koi brand expect karta tha ki mujhe national do papers mein ya do channels mein coverage chahiye aaj definitely wo ye bhi factor in karta hai ki mujhe jo meri core sales market thi usme regional pr mein exposure mila. So that mindset shift has definitely happened for brand and companies, big and small alike. Now, as far as regional uh, uh, PR players are concerned, like you're very rightly pointing out, the scale of those, those uh, players is so vast that it is very difficult to put a broadband formula to it, you know, or, or to kind of have a broadband outlook towards that sector as a whole. However, for reasonably established regional PR players, uh, sorry, regional uh, uh, media players, I strongly think that, and now you would see that uh, shift, you know, if you if you open, uh, especially the regional PR media houses who are associated with mainline, a lot of regional PR media houses now find exposure in mainlines because they, they advertise their brand there, you know, right. which is again a reflection of the change of mindset. So I think they need to establish more and more presence. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. I think regional PR players now need to identify more and more strength areas of where their audiences lie. And now they can directly compete with the national media because of the sheer strength, regional strength that they bring onto the table. <clears throat> Sorry, I think this is something that they did not recognize till a few years ago, and they saw themselves as poorer cousins of the mainline publications, you know. Right, right. <clears throat> a lot of them now realize that they have marketing strength. Of course, they have the PR penetration, which a mainline doesn't have, but they can also bring the strength of marrying that PR with sales uh, outreach for brands in their uh, respective markets and command uh, a certain audience right right uh, that's <clears throat> yeah carry on if you are you want to add something more on this on the region no sorry please go ahead regional. it's okay so regional pr uh, you have nicely put out and so tell me now if, Coming to COVID, it has impacted a lot of businesses, and especially the public relations industry, as I understand. Uh, a lot of firms, other in other sectors also, they, uh, especially in the servicing side, they close their offices, better uh, better to save some money. And as most of the people were working from home, uh, how has COVID uh, impacted? the public relations industry, or you can say the communication industry, what has been your experience as such? I think one, one change that has happened is that uh, because of COVID, a lot of companies, uh, PR firms have been forced to uh, adopt the new age ways of interaction and 
uh, understand the entire spectrum of engagement rather than stick to their core strength area, which was uh, media engagement and publicity, you know? Right. So, so that is one. The other thing that has happened is there is a definite uh, consolidation, if I may call, where some of the smaller players have, have uh, you know, either, either joined hands with, with medium-sized players uh, or come together as smaller entities and created entities which offer a bigger scope of service. Whether it is a formal cross-utilization uh, of, of uh, skill set or... or informal but that is happening uh, at a, at a fast pace and why i say that is that uh, now there are a lot of pr companies who reach out to us saying that can you give us digital support because my client you know wants digital support you know or they reach out saying that i have the client but he's saying i also want an element of online reputation management which i as a pr agency don't have expertise in can we come together and, and execute the campaign so whether formal or informal consolidation or pooling in of strength areas to be able to cater to the to the entire spectrum of services that a that, that a brand is uh, expecting from you as an agency that is definitely happening the second change that is happening is that increasingly agencies are being forced to become the communication partner and not merely the amplification partner Right. They're two very different things, you know, because content by itself is evolving and there is a content constraint because of the pace at which it is evolving. And like coming back to the point that now PR, the, the companies are willing to earmark a marketing spend, but now unlike a PR output, they expect the marketing output, you know, so therefore now the agencies can no longer afford to be merely amplification partners, but they are forced to become a content partner, or at least they will be forced to in very near future. Because if you have to deliver the kind of results that a marketing campaign is, is expecting of you, then you need to be on top of your content and not merely on top of your amplification. That is the second thing. And lastly, I think in terms of uh, consolidation, the agencies who, who are able to apprehend and build up strengths to marry these two aspects will actually reap benefits of this transition rather than see a, see a negative growth, you know, because like I said, the average ticket size will go up. Now, whether the, the, the players are ready to do justice to that ticket size is a function of whether you, you, you have the kind of content strength uh, which which can which can supplement the amplification strength. So that I think is going to pan out. As far as COVID is concerned, there it's not even a conversation that like many other market, uh, you know, PR, branding, marketing has taken a hit in terms of numbers. That is because we are an extension of of the core business. So if if the core business takes a hit, then uh, then the ancillary services, how how howsoever crucial they may be are, are uh, you know, are of course expected to take some some form of a beating, but that doesn't take away anything from, from the prospect that lies in marketing and PR as a function going ahead. You pointed out a very important word called collaboration among the PR industry itself, if you see, among different sort of firms who have various sort of expert, expertise, like you developed one expertise in content or you can say digital. Others, several of them, they don't. Now, how do you see this 
collaboration word uh, happening in the pr industry as such do do what is the way forward for the pr industry as such and how much role do you see collaboration you know taking uh, place in the industry as such see as far as the bigger players are concerned you know they, they'll continue to follow their own paths because uh, you know because not only because of the core strength areas and because of the sheer size of their enterprise but also because they are well established in in a certain domain which i think even if it if if it goes out of fashion you know it'll it'll last them another uh, few decades you know right. <clears throat> however when it comes to uh, smaller players not only within the uh, within the agency but i think even if you look look at content marketing it is a kind of collaboration with media houses you know uh you you look at content marketing when it comes to influencers you look at content marketing when it comes to facebook linkedin all of these are in a way our communication partners now you know <clears throat> so i think a lot of agencies who do not want to become top heavy who do not want to become resource intensive will resort to collaborations and i would also like to point out that these collaborations like i was saying and and one interesting uh, point you brought up brought up about regional media now uh, sitting in sitting in uh, state capitals we think that uh, you know the, the mainline media whose names we have heard of are are the ones who are driving influencer growth or or influencer explosion in the country that's that's very far away from truth uh you know we we got a couple of briefs from from some very big fmcg brands uh, uh, of the country uh, and in the last three odd months we even we as their communication partners we've been in this domain now for more than 6 years hadn't heard of the names that they told us to to engage you know because they were so specific to a certain dialect being spoken in a certain market which they thought will drive numbers you know so collaboration will become a will become a way of existence and growth for for agencies going ahead and that collaboration like i was saying for for uh, agencies especially small to medium who do not want to become too much resource intensive will happen on an agency to agency level however it will also happen on an agency to an amplifier or a influencer level because the penetration is so much and the results are so tangible in in a, in a uh, marketing campaign that their mutual symbiotic uh, existence will also thrive that's nice uh, as as you can see collaboration is going to be uh, the word for the future it's like among content creators or influencers you can say but among pr i, I guess uh, it will be a, a sort of a survival uh, you can say kit for a lot of people who are working in uh, small small uh teams or individual teams talking about content you have been a very good journalist and we had the good opportunity to work together so i know that uh so i cannot leave you without talking about content and a lot of so we will not talk about politics as such we will not talk about what is happening in the uh media as such but in terms of content uh a lot of the whole content landscape is changing uh earlier it was the traditional media and the television and all but a lot of people do not watch it or consume it the way it was 5 years back today it's all independent creators independent platforms uh independent newsletters like substack review 
you you medium a lot of consumption is happening at that point and the writing has also changed because those platforms demand different you got to know also about seo you also know not need to know about alt text the pictures you know for so a journalist never worried about it earlier on it was not but i guess now the con content marketing is also a part of something that you know need to know because if you don't know your buyer persona your target audience how would you write for them and then a lot of repurposing of content is happening so that's creating a lot of you know haziness because then that, that's not a real content happening a lot of repurposing writing that and you know repurposing old contents how do you see as a former journalist a journalist never uh, you know never goes out of fashion is is a journalist forever and the skills that he acquires will always be used in whatever profession he is in how do you see this whole thing as a journalist and why servicing your clients while the de demands that they have and and the way you yourself consume content that's a very complex uh, my it's, it's of, not of complex you, you, you <laughs> it's like a, you can you take it as a complex press release where the news <laughs> is somewhere different at a different place uh, i think uh, i think Ajay, we we still belong to the old school of of uh, thinking so so my thoughts on this as a journalist are are very different from my thoughts on it as as an entrepreneur and you know i would try and capture both separately i think in terms of of journalistic outreach uh, i wouldn't want to name uh, name the newspaper because you know yours is a yours is a popular platform and i i don't want to uh, surrogate advertise no, but, yeah, we do. but but some of us still subscribe to uh, you know a certain newspaper irrespective of of how many influencers or you know how many blue ticks people we know because we depend on that newspaper for our daily dose of journalistic, uh, if I may say, uh, journalistic excitement for the mind, you know, which is so so quintessential, uh, you know, for, for, for a traditional journalist. So I think if, when it comes to journalism, we journalists should keep their head very clear that their job continues what it used to be 15 years ago, you know, or, or 25 years ago, perhaps. Uh, you know, when, when we started out, say, a decade and a half or now almost two decades ago, we were very clearly told, I remember in, in our, in our uh, uh, media studies uh, lectures, that your job is not to tell the truth. Your job is not to change the world. Your job is not to uh, make someone feel good or bad. Your job is to state facts, you know, and, right. and then just let the rest be. So I think... Uh, you know, we, we had the unfortunate uh, uh, demise of uh, Kamal Bhai a few days ago. All of us hold him in, in such high regard because, uh, and, and I was surprised that day. I don't know if I saw it right that his Twitter was not verified, you know, which which I, I found actually uh, funny and fascinating and so, so much like Kamal Bhai that he wouldn't care of, of what uh, his social media profile looks like. You know, he would just go out there and do what he was best known to do. So really, from that point of view, I think journalists should continue doing things old school way, which is, you know, stating the facts without worrying about what the, what are the kind of conversations happening in social media, because there are so many of them happening, you know, and that also makes it difficult for them 
to my mind uh, you know to be able to drive objective narratives because then they are thinking more about what is happening around them than what what they are looking at so that's a separate part of the conversation coming coming to it from an entrepreneur's point of view i think uh, more and more people have become brand ambassadors now and the need to engage journalists and editors of respective beats while it is it 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 will always be uh, you know an a compulsive need because because of the sheer weight of their word and the weight of the brand they come from and their own weight as a brand however right. more and more people are now becoming brand ambassadors and therefore it is important for new age influencers again i'm drawing a clear demarcation from traditional journalists but right. the new age influencers and the new age uh, you know brand creators so to say must appreciate and must connect with various forms in which people are communicating and not be adamant about that one particular way of uh, communication that they are good at you know so uh, that that i think will do do a lot of good to, in being able to connect with different audiences as far as brands are concerned their need to connect with journalists again because you know the, the sheer in, intellect that comes on board with interacting with a person who's who spent uh, you know half his life learning about a certain trade the insights that that come onto the table they can never be uh, kind of supplemented with any exposure or any brand amplification so there would be a separate uh, a business would come to us with very separate and distinct needs sometimes it is a mix of pr and a mix of uh, marketing slash amplification needs where they say what are the three things you can do to make sure that i am relevant to opinion makers whether it is senior journalists editors or people who are uh, you know relevant to my my line of business that is one set of exercise which you tell me you want to write a white paper you want to you want to create an annual property where we put out a research paper that is one part of conversation and do not mix it with branding and amplification where i need to be visible to more and more audiences whether it is regional media or national media who are relevant to my business as well as brand needs so i think th those two distinct requirements are now a part of comprehensive brief for more and more clients as we go ahead that's nice so pranchu tell me one one thing you talked about influencers now uh, how do you deal with influencers like how do you take their help and and are you facing any challenges in that and what sort of influencers are in demand today well influencer market has evolved in a big way earlier like i said macro influencers were the one who were driving most of the spends but now more and more brands are looking at micro uh, uh, sorry earlier it was macro and now there are micro influencers that more and more brands are looking at you mean i think niche 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 influencers yeah. yes yes niche influencers who uh, who have a limited reach and a limited number of audiences but that audience is very specific to the need of the brand you know so so for example we recently did a campaign for uh, a product uh, which which specializes in uh, which caters to uh, uh, women who are who are on the journey of motherhood you know so they were looking at very specific niche uh, handles or influencers who were catering to that particular audience they didn't even have a tie up with a celebrity you know they told us that we would earmark the budgets that we do for a celebrity on such micro engagement because in our experience that is where a lot of business is coming from so uh, one there there has been evolution of micro influencers two there are some uh, platforms now that have become influencer platforms you know 
you would have heard of 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 a lot of them you know uh, again i i'm not sure if if i should be taking names of brands uh, you know on on your uh, very popular broadcast but uh, uh, you know some some platforms whether on facebook or youtube which have become influencers in the, in themselves and now there is a lot of uh, surrogate branding uh, that these platforms are doing and now we have again interestingly seen an evolution of such platforms on on the micro influencer level you know so regional media houses who had youtube channels or who had facebook channels which have now become so popular that they are commanding a lot of uh, commercial interest for uh, you know surrogate branding and surrogate placement the challenge i think is like again i keep keep you know at the sound sound of you know at the cost of sounding repetitive because of the evolution of market there are certain challenges that are still being streamlined for example one of them being how should a paid post be marked you know we saw there was a lot of debate and you know there is still some surrogate advertising happening you know without specific disclaimers being put out there secondly right. there is there is no uh, uh, you know like there is a trp model in in television channel you know again there there's been a lot of conversation around bark uh, recently but we know that there is certain evolution uh, there's certain valuation or there's certain measurement level you know whether it is uh, newspapers or televisions again no no one wants to debate the authenticity of it nor do we but that's a separate conversation but for influencer or for social there is no defined laid down way of ev- uh, you know evaluating so you know somebody somebody is claiming followers somebody is claiming views somebody is claiming time spent on on the platform so i think a clear defined set of guidelines which clearly say what are the rules of paid marketing or commercial advertising what are the ways to evaluate and benchmark return versus investment would then kind of give further shape to this fast evolving market yeah i asked this influencer thing because of i read a few days back about nano influencers which you can also call micro influencers so it is for the consumption of a lot of people that uh, in that particular report i read that nano influencers are mostly who have less than a thousand followers or something but very niche market they help you penetrate i guess a lot of good content creators are there and they are also worried that they have to have so thousands and thousands of followers or you know people who are consuming their content and that is where they actually will be effective for uh, say company or brands to be interested in i wanted to bring it out through you that my understanding is that it's not the case uh, brands are a beginning and i'm talking about the international uh, say level that this is happening and i'm sure it's happening as through you as i understand that is happening in india so the message from you i i want to go out that people who are genuinely producing uh, producing good content content that actually needs to be you know one would be happy to consume or they are catering to a certain uh, what you call market within or within their community that they to have a uh, market that would be interested in them from the corporate side from small brands bigger brands or even international brands and that that they should continue to keep on doing the good work that they are doing your thoughts on that very interesting point ajay uh, i've been fortunate enough in the last 3 years both in my personal and professional capacity to uh, mentor some of these upcoming uh, uh, you know influencers or channels 
you know who are who specialize in in certain niche whether professional expertise or in audiences uh, there are two things i want to point out here one is that the power of content and the charm of content is never going to go out of fashion you know so therefore the need to keep putting out good content is was there is there and will always be there however having said that there is one more aspect i want to add to it is that right. whereas uh, because of the sheer volume of what is being produced out there as important as it is to be good with content it is also important to understand the commercial aspect of it because you know you can't indefinitely keep uh, you know and especially now and and i want to put a word of caution out here because most of these kids they start early you know so right, so right. they have they have a few years ahead of them before they actually start understanding the monetary part of it however uh, whereas i i am a great champion of content and i'm i'm a great champion of having you know uh, insights and intellect i am also a great champion of being able to monetize your skills so that you know 5 years down the line you don't realize that you have wasted a lot of productive professional time that you could have you know utilized in in a certain different way and therefore uh, you know i was traveling recently to to uh, uh, to a tier 2 city and i saw on the way i stopped at a resort for a small break and i saw uh, uh, you know this very young kid who was traveling around with uh, with two helpers who were helping her shoot in in you know wherever she would stand you know she would she would kind of do some act and kind of put it out live from there and and i just happened to ask her i said you know i'm very happy that you, you know you are you are a content creator on the move which was unheard of in our times so uh, what is the kind of monetization you get so she said you know she she uh, shot some numbers about how her following on youtube has gone up uh, you know and her following on facebook has gone up but she said i i still don't know why i need to monetize because because at some point i'll become so big that brands will come to me you know so sorry that i think especially for an individual content creator it is a tricky approach because as much as you need to be aware of content you also need to be aware of the need to proactively connect and monetize the content because gone are the days that people will come looking for you you have to go looking for brands right right there is going to be a demand for original content and originality that's the word is going to be and you cannot manufacture things because it will it will not work that is my understanding going forward pranchu it's been a nice debate i have actually enjoyed it listening to it in fact i would have wished i was not asking the question i would i would just be wanting to listen to all these things uh, but uh, actually it was very enjoyable uh, it's my own show but but uh, you know i'm not bragging about it but actually i really love the amount of knowledge that i have gathered out of our conversation sometimes you know it's it's good for friends to not just talk as friends but also as professionals so you know new things come out uh, when, when you are uh, when you know that you are in a public place so that's 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 the good part of it and i'm sure the audience has also gained something out of it rather than just you know listen to it so i hope uh, there was some knowledge sharing uh, for them whoever was listening to it so we we would expect that people uh, are able to see it more and and share wherever it is that they find that useful i'll take a couple of questions uh, you know that has come to us so some a couple of maybe uh, very uh, maybe repetitive also but i will 
take them? So this is a question from Saurabh from South Delhi. And he asked that, what are the challenges young professionals face these days in terms of, on con uh, of content? So whatever you have seen in your you know, journey as a professional. I think one challenge they face is some of them are very bright kids who, who bring a lot of content uh, strength on board in their particular area of expertise. However, they fail to understand that, like I was saying, that the market is expanding in such a way that they need to appreciate and, and kind of empathize with other forms of content that are evolving and then to be, to be able to develop skill set to also harness their skills in those domains, you know, so writing was the only mode or maybe visuals were the only mode in circulation till about a decade ago. <clears throat> Somebody who learned how to make cartoon strips would move from X to Y, but now, you know, uh, now he needs to also know how to do a doodle, how to know, do an infographic. So the need to understand various modes of content has become more evolutionary and more dynamic and more challenging than it that than it has been ever before, which can be a potential pitfall for some of the content uh, freshers. That's that's good. Uh, it's a question from Abhishek from Bengaluru, and he asked that what are your suggestions for youngsters in content writing so that they understand the brand well and portray the brand positioning in right manner. For those who want to specialize in content from a writing point of view, it is very important that you first become a content writer. Now, a lot of freshers come to me and I ask them, can you, uh, are you a content writer? Yes, sir. We specialize, we specialize in writing for uh, LinkedIn, you know, or we specialize in writing for auto. I think that cannot be a benchmark, you know, somebody content writing in itself is a specialization you cannot further demarcate it just because the market has evolved you know so you continue to maintain the core strength which is being able to understand content to be able to comprehend the message that needs to go out to be able to analyze the audience and then to put out that message now whether that needs to go in in certain limited characters on twitter or it needs to go as a, as a press release for your brand that shouldn't become a constraint for, uh, for you uh, as a content writer. Okay. And this will be the last question. Okay. Uh, it's a question from Vikas from Guru, uh, Guru Gram. And he asked that content is always considered as king. So what's your opinion on the same considering new age media and traction that is gaining these days? Well, uh, now it is super king because earlier the, the, content uh, barometer or the way to benchmark content was limited. Now, content form as well as the evolution of content has given it so many dimensions that we do not even realize that we are consuming content. And that is what is subtly happening. You know, so you inadvertently open a WhatsApp video thinking that you are just watching an entertainment video, but you are actually being educated for something that, you know, you subconsciously are not even aware of. So content, like I said earlier, content will always be the one that will drive the narrative market, whether it is PR, marketing, traditional or digital media, and it will never, ever go out of fashion. It is the most significant spoke in the entire wheel of narrative and communication uh, chapter, which will drive the entire engagement forever and years to come.
on that note, Pranshu, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, Ajay. I must say that sometimes, you know, when you have an insightful engagement, then you hear yourself and you feel that there's so much more, you know, that you need to learn and that you need to, uh, uh, you know, through engagement with people like you, you know, like you re very rightly said, sometimes friends come across as, as uh, mutually beneficial professionals. So this has been a wonderful experience and I'm so grateful we could come together for this. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Hope to have you again sometime soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.